You're listening to the Sports Brothers Podcast by Sam and Brian Dostal. Everything sports, all the time. It's a very special day on the Sports Brothers podcast. Sam will not be here. He is announcing the Connecticut Tigers right now. Myself, Brian Doster, I will be carrying the show, but I will not do it alone. No, no, not today on this June 27th, 2015 podcast as it's 2.42 p.m. We have our first ever in-studio host guest here today. He's come to, on all the way from the other side of town to come into the friendly confines of the Sports Brothers studio. You've heard him on the Nico show. He has eight career Little League home runs. His name is Mike Cosentini. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great, Bri. Thanks for having me on. By the way, first off, this studio looks a lot like a basement. Second, <laughs> that drive from all the way across town was five minutes. Hey, well, it was. we appreciate the drive. It's, it's much farther going up to Nico's house where you don't even need a yeah, car. I just walked to Nico's house. There you go. It probably takes about the same amount of time, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> uh, well, glad to have you on the show I'm today. very glad to be on the show. All right. For today's podcast, it's going to be a lot of NBA talk. The NBA draft, of course, happened a couple of days ago. A lot of uh, picks, interesting picks by the New York Knicks and the Celtics. Uh, Carlton Towns goes first overall. We'll get all to that. Uh, then we'll talk about some free agents, some big-name free agents and, we'll do, and Mike and I will discuss where they think they'll go or if they'll stay with their teams. Then we'll do an MLB talk, including John Carlos Stanton broke his wrist last night by simply swinging a bat. Uh, that's scary. He's out four to six weeks. So, And then we'll do a, uh, a guest stump the bro. Mike, you're very, very excited I'm for that. I'm super excited for this, Brian. You have no idea. Well, that'll be in about 45 minutes' time or so. But, Mike, let's get right to it. The NBA draft happened this past Thursday. And, actually, you're over – my house for it. I for, was for most of it, just I was sitting in this exact seat. Yeah, there you were. Uh, so first overall pick, not too much of a surprise. The Timberwolves take Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, the Timberwolves based the the, the report was leaked that they were going to take him first overall. Doesn't surprise anybody. I think it's a good pick. He has a ton of upside. He's much better defensively than Okafor. There was I heard a scouting report that he is one of the best three point shooters in the draft, which kind of surprised me since Calipari didn't have him shoot any threes there at Kentucky. Which, if he can, that's great. He was an 81% free throw shooter. He so was. He, so he can shoot he has uh, a touch. farther out. Yeah, he does. He has a touch. I hope that works out for him. The Lakers, they take D'Angelo Russell. Second overall, you surprised, Mike, that they went with Russell versus Okafor. No, I don't think so. I think because Russell had the better upside. And, you know, hopefully Kobe isn't too much of a jerk and will, you know, sort of kind of take D'Angelo underneath his wing and kind of teach him how to be that superstar and be good. I think that Jaleel Okafor was too much of a 
defensive risk to take number two when you get such a superstar upside in D'Angelo Russell, especially at a position where Kobe Bryant's going to retire soon and they don't have a point guard. Right now, Jeremy Lin or Jordan Clarkson. I, I, I'm sorry. but See, I the pick- Lakers, they have a lot of different options with this. I like the, the Russell pick just because they picked Julius Randle last year. He was hurt for 99% of the year. He got hurt on the, on the first game uh, last year. So he'll be back. And then free agency, you never know what's going to happen. We'll get into it more, but LaMarcus Aldridge, Kevin Love, you know, Russell Westbrook is a, is a uh, free agent after next season. So you know, maybe they can get some other uh, veteran players or more established players to the Lakers in the coming years. Well, I believe that this is the last year of Kobe's contract, too. He said this is his last year. Oh, so he, is he? This well, is 20 I'll, fi- believe, I'll believe it when I see it. Okay, okay. Yeah, fair I, enough. We've seen it before. Brett and Brett. I'm tr- Right. <laughs> And I'm not entirely convinced that if Kobe has a good year that he's just going to hang it up because I think Kobe realizes he's probably over the hill now. But say he does play 70 games this year and plays like Kobe Bryant can play and the Lakers are above 500, I think he may want to come back for a, a one last season. Not to mention it will open up a ton of cap room because Kobe's has a ridiculous contract right now. No kidding. He just has I a think stupid I think contract. he took way too much for. Oh, absolutely! I, he absolutely took too much. But I think that if this is last year, hopefully he does something good for the Lakers' future, and he's not super selfish. However, it is Kobe Bryant. The Sixers they take Jalil Okafor third overall, slips him all the way to the three, which really a, a I mean, even the rumors before the draft was that it was going to be. Uh, it was going to be Russell, which was kind of surprising. But once the drafts came around 7 o'clock, it was just – it was expected that the Lakers were going to take Russell. And the, now the Sixers, for the third consecutive year, they get a big man. Uh, they, they got uh, Nerlens Noel. They got Joel Embiid, who may not even play next season. And then they get Okafor. It's, they love their centers, man. They love their centers. And, you know, knock them for whatever. But they have three decent trade chips. I mean, I don't know how good of a trade chip Embiid is while he's hurt because you don't know how well he's actually going to play once he actually does hit the court. But you could get something out of Noel. I mean, if you really wanted to trade Jaleel, mm-hmm. you'd probably get the most for him. And you need every other position. I mean, the only other Literally. like notable players on your team right now are Tony Roten. Yeah. <laughs> Is he still there? I couldn't name five I couldn't name I couldn't name three other guys other than, other than those three on the Sixers right now. I'm pretty sure it's them and then Tony Rowan. Because Michael Carter Williams is gone. Do they still have Jeremy Grant? Jerron Grant's brother? I think so, but I think maybe. Or he get like traded or something too. He may have gotten <laughs> traded. I don't know. I, I Jason Richardson, is he still on that team? I don't I, even know. I have no idea. <laughs> that, that, that team is just in shambles. Shambles. Well, they took, uh, for the third straight year, I mentioned it was a big man, but Mike, it was the third straight year where the Sixers, their game plan was to take the best player available. And certainly at the third pick, Okafor was the best player available. Absolutely. Those top three are as close as close to a lock as you can get out of draft picks for star potential. And back to Towns, he's going to a team that likes to run. Towns is very athletic and really good he's up and down athletic. the floor. He's going with Ricky Rubio. He's going to be teamed up with Andrew Wiggins. Yes. So look for a high-flying offense there in Minnesota. Now, Mike, let's talk about the fourth pick, shall we? The New York Knicks. <laughs> Too bad we can't have Stephen A. Smith as a guest on the show, but man, uh, y- you know the pick by now. Kristaps Porzilius. Porzingis. Porzingis. It's a, it's an interesting name. He's a lot. He's <laughs> from Latvia. It's okay, Bri. I I don't know what they are thinking, man. I hope 
for to be honest, the Knicks fans are my least favorite basketball fan. I'm gonna be honest with you. But for their sake and their sanity, I hope that this guy pans out. At the same time, I hope he is the biggest bust since Darko Milicic being a Pistons fan. I like to see other people suffer. <laughs> they could have gone so many different routes. I mean, you look at the other guys that were picked after him. Willie Cauley-Stein, Emmanuel Moutier, uh, Stanley Johnson, Kaminsky. I mean, they could, Justice, Winslow. Justice Winslow. I mean, he drops all the way down to 10 to Miami. But, you know, this Porzingis, great. You know, he could be good in two, three years at this point. But the Knicks, they need something now. They need something that can come in right away and and be a difference maker. And with this pick, if he's a project two, three years down the road, what does that, what does that do? Now, Kamal Anthony, conflicting reports here. Yesterday morning, Friday morning, he was saying uh, there was reports saying that he talked to Tim Hardaway Jr., who was shipped off to uh, West Coast. I can't remember who it is, but he called him and just ranted about this pick, about Porzingis getting drafted, just saying he felt betrayed by Phil Jackson and everything. And and now, uh, you know, that $120 million contract doesn't look so good anymore when he resigned with them. But then this morning, or late Friday night, last night, he puts up a picture on Instagram and says, you know, can't wait to see Chris Daps and, and give him some props. So I don't know which way to take it exactly, but uh, it's still, regardless, an interesting pick by the Knicks. I think that that's a classic case right there of upper management saying, look, deal with it. You're under contract, so you better get used to this because we're not getting rid of you. We're paying you money. you got, like, a max deal. You better just deal with it, find a way to work with this kid like him, Get used to playing with them because you're going to be with them for the next four years. You don't really have a choice. You better turn this around. You can't go. You can't be going out there saying that you feel betrayed, that you don't like this pick, that you don't like him, you don't want to play with him. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. That's. I think that's what that is. So that's what led to the Instagram picture saying he was excited. It's probably completely fake. He probably doesn't mean any of it. Probably not. But I, 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 I agree towards that, that he's still – fuming with Phil Jackson about this pick I you know I tend not to doubt Phil if this is look a, this I mean his is, track record speaks for itself you're right it does which is why you know maybe maybe we'll all be shocked okay maybe this kid turns out to be the best player out of this draft the next great European player the next Dirk let's say the next seven foot shooting <laughs> forward that plays no defense <laughs> by the way I think the most excited person for the NBA drafts every single year is Fran Fraschilla. When he gets on and can talk about his European players, he absolutely loves it. He loves talking about his foreign players. Half of us don't even know who they are. He just—it's his one time a year, right, where he gets his own—he gets his own little stuff. They kick—they the ESPN guys are uh, Reese Davis, and they just kick it right to him once the European guys because they don't know anything about him for the most part, especially when you get in the second round. And Fran, just biggest smile on his face, he says, this is the next big thing. You know, this is a great pick for the Knicks. This is a great pick for the Bucks. whoever he great goes value to. value pick here great at va- 60. Yeah. <laughs> they got a steal at the at the 56 overall. Like, the, he loves it. He He's, hypes him up so much. He is, you know, good for him. Right, though? <laughs> good, good for him. I mean, he's the one that does all the traveling, goes overseas. And I know. Watches it's got to be a guy. pretty good gig. Yeah, right. Travels overseas, watches basketball, stills in Europe, gets to do other stuff too. Not, that, not a bad gig. That's the goal. Uh, all right, uh, let's see. Mentioned that the Nuggets took Moutier at seven. Cauley Stein. That Moutier pick. Kings. Yeah. That, that basically guarantees a Ty Lawson trade, right? You would think. 
I, I think so. Thing. By the way, George Carl just trying to get the whole band back together. <laughs> he really is. And, I mean, <laughs> he really is. I mean, Andre Miller's already there. Uh, who, who else? There was a couple. There are probably a couple role players. A couple other guys, but uh, just trying to get everyone back from the Nuggets when he got a two seed at, at one point. Uh, let's talk about the number nine pick, Mike. Charlotte Hornets, they take Frank Kaminsky. Now, the backstory to this is the Boston Celtics, who took, who uh, who took, who kept their 16th pick and drafted Terry Rozier, but the Hornets were offered six draft picks for this one pick. Were they really? I didn't this know this. one pick. For this one pick, and they turned it down. Six picks. Really? Wow. For one. And essentially, the, the, the Celtics, they would have gotten the nine pick, and they were going to take Justice Winslow. That was the rumor, that they were going to take the, the freshman out of Duke. But they really, really, really must have wanted Kaminsky if, if they didn't trade that pick. They, they really must have. That, they turned down six picks. Six picks over a course of – I mean, of course, the Celtics, they have, they have them. They ha- yeah, they have a ton. So, we're, Do you know how many of them were first-rounders? I'm not sure. It, I didn't see a report that divided them exactly, but I'm sure there was a couple first – I mean, they were gotten the six – I mean, the Celtics had four in this draft, so I'm sure a couple would have been in mm-hmm. here. Yeah. A couple next year, maybe even one in 2017. But I, I hope Kaminsky pans out, man, because that's a lot to turn down for one guy. For one guy. and they did Six even, picks. Yeah. Because you don't know, you could have the next superstar in one of those six picks. You could find great value in the second round if it was any second rounders. It's not like the Celtics are going to be great these next couple of years. They're going to have relatively high draft picks. I mean, you what? Their highest, their lowest draft pick will probably be, or highest draft pick will be no, 20. Like They're, they're not going to go out and win 50 games with their roster. They're just not. They don't have the talent. I, unless they sign one of these big free agents. Then we're talking. Yeah, we'll see what they do in the free agency. Uh, and I'll address the Celtics situation right now. I, I was, you know, we we're everyone's kind of dumbfounded that they took three guards, right? In this draft, they took three guards and one big. The, three As the Sixers love their bigs. The Celtics love their guards. Seriously, man. Uh, they took Terry so Rozier the from Louisville at 16, RJ Hunter at 33 from Georgia, or 28 uh, from Georgia State, 33 Jordan Mickey was the only forward, and then Marcus Thornton, a guard from Willing and Mary. Here are my three reasons why they may have taken these three guards. One, because the Celtics, Danny Ainge, they know they're going to get a big in the offseason, whether it's Monroe, whether it's Paul Millsap. Uh, I don't think they'll get Aldridge or, or uh, may- maybe Love uh, in the conversation there. Also, I think the Warriors, we just saw, won an NBA championship because of shooting. Yep. And the NBA has turned into an offensive game. There's not much defense there. It's who can shoot the most threes, and usually that's how you're going to win. You stockpile these guards, you're going to be able to shoot the three ball. And the last is if you just get a bunch of these guards, then they're tradable. They are tradable. So, because we mentioned the, the three guards they got, but they already have uh, Marcus Smart. They already have uh, Isaiah Thomas, Evan Turner, combo guard, Avery, Avery, Avery Bradley. Bradley. So they have seven, seven eight guards that's on this half roster. The, that's half the roster. Yeah. Is made up of guards. And their bigs right now aren't even big. I mean, Solinger, I mean, he – He's a big yeah, body, but he's like not six nine. Yeah, guy that can barely. Cody dunk. Zeller, you know. Ty- the, I thought it was Tyler. Tyler's, yeah, it is Tyler Zeller. Tyler, Tyler Zeller. Zeller. I mean, Brandon Bass has opted out, so he may not return. But they he's Kelly not. Kelly Kelly. So it's it's. I mean, they Basketball need. Basketball savior in Boston. I the, can't stand that guy. They Sorry. need 
a, a post presence and maybe he'll come by with Greg Monroe or something, somebody like that. They need something from these this free agent list because they certainly didn't address that need very much in the draft. Maybe Jordan Mickey, is that his name? McKee? Jordan Mickey, yeah. He's a shot blocker. He's athletic. That's a good pick for them. I think it's a good pick too, but at the same time, I don't think he's going to be the next star. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I always hope I'm wrong when I say some guy's not going to be the next good player, next great player. I want them to be. I just don't think they will. Well, talk about players that you want to be stars, Mike. Your Pistons, they don't take Stanley Johnson. They don't take Stanley Or they don't take Justin Winslow. They take Stanley Johnson with the eighth pick. You know, I wanted Winslow. And he was available. And he was available. But, I mean, if, if they weren't going to take Winslow, Johnson was the other guy I wanted. Mm-hmm. I mean, he proclaimed himself right after he got picked, I'm the best player in this draft. Those are some big words to live up to, pal. Uh, you better pan out. You better work on that offensive game, all right? <laughs> you're a little bit undersized at 6'6 six, six for a small forward. I mean, you're just he's just as tall as Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who was a shooting guard for the Pistons. Granted, Johnson is 250 or 242 or whatever he is, which is big for a 19-year-old. He's not even 20 yet. Mm-hmm. He, actually, he's 18. He's not even 19 yet. That's what it was. He is really young, and I think he does have some real good potential. He's already a defensive Minded player, perfect. We need defense. Every team needs defense. If you can turn out to be a player like Draymond Green, I'll take it. Like if if that's his ceiling, where Draymond is right now, that's pretty damn good. Sorry, I just swore, but it's it, it, pretty damn good. Are you happy with the Pistons draft overall? I think they're following Stan Van's plan. Stan Van. Well, first off, we need to address the need of small forward. We need another one in free agency, but at least we got a young player. Okay. And then their second pick with Darren, was it Darren Hilliard? Yep, that's from Villanova, lefty. That's right in Stan Van's plans. He's a three-point shooter. They need three-point shooters to work in Stan Van's offense. I mean, they got that stretch four in Ilyasova. Got rid of, and Monroe's going to opt out, so that opens up the floor more, especially for Drummond in the post. Andre Drummond, who's going to be, he's turned out to be. A really, yeah, really, really good, good pro. <laughs> you know, I had my doubts uh, him watching him at UConn and coming out after one year. I was like, ah, oh, this guy's going to suck. He's so raw. He's really turning out to be something special. It seems like the only way he scored at UConn at times was just dunks. Dunks, alley-oops. And I mean, when it's you're not that like he's tall. doing much different in the yeah, NBA right true. now. A lot of his points right now are coming off of putbacks and dunks and alley-oops. But at the same time, the lane was always clogged because they always had Monroe down there with him. Give him a little space to work, and now we'll really be able to see what he can do. Tyus Jones, uh, he goes gets drafted by the Cavaliers, but then traded to Minnesota. His his team, his favorite team growing up. Cool thing to see. So him and uh, I think Towns the, will be together. I think the Timberwolves are the winners of this draft. You got a great player at number one, and then you make a tr- an easy trade. You trade two second round picks for the number twenty. What was it twenty four pick? Yeah. And I think Tyus Jones is going to be a good backup. Like he's a young player, but he's got a good head on his shoulders. He may not be the most skilled or most most athletic. I think the real winners right now. Do you think he left the draft, or do you think he left college too early, Tyus Jones? Probably. I think he did. I think. Well, I think because he'll be a backup, he'll have time to adjust. I think he's a good player. I just don't think. I mean, he'll be he'll be behind Ricky Rubio. I just don't think necessarily Rubio is the best point guard. To I be don't behind. think so either. Rubio has not turned out to be. But I think if he's because he's already with a young core of players, he has room to grow, and he can grow with these guys. Over these next three years, three, four years. 
Bobby Portis is a player that drops also in, in this draft. He goes 22 to Chicago, uh, the the SEC player, reigning, reigning conference player of the year. I like him too. I think that he was a very good pick for them. You know, he, he adds some depth to that front court. I think it's a great pick. I think it's too bad that he slipped, but I think it's a great pick. I wonder Bulls. if the Bulls think that Gasol is not coming back. Well, he's a free agent, isn't he? Oh, wait. No, that's Mark. Never mind. Paul's No, Paul just signed. Oh, did he? Yeah. Well, Paul, no, when when he signed with the Bulls last year, he, he didn't sign a one-year deal. But uh, so then so then you have a front court that's pretty log jams for Portis not getting a lot of minutes because you have Noah, you have Taj Gibson, you have uh, Gasol. Gasol's getting old, though. He had an all-star year. He had a double-double. He's still getting old. I understand that, but after the season he just had, he had I, I a good year. I agree, but I don't think Taj Gibson's the answer long-term either. And not like Joe Kim Noah's exactly playing great. He had a down year. He really didn't play that well. He can be the heart and soul that team only wants, but he really did not play well. I think they needed to add another piece to that front court just in case one of those guys decides to leave or they can trade for another piece. Who do you think will be the biggest busts from this draft? The biggest bust? Some names that can be thrown out there. I think Trey Lyles. Uh, he was picked... <laughs> See where was he? Twelfth, eleventh. Twelfth by the Jazz. Miles um, Turner, Turner eleventh to Indiana. Um, Willie Cauley Stein. Willie Cauley Stein, eight. I mean, he'll. That's a good front court. I mean, he's a big man. He is. He, he's a big, big he man is. with uh, Demarcus Cousins. The problem with him is he has zero offense. He has literally yeah zero offense. Uh, let's see who else. Devin Booker, maybe Rozier. I don't know how. I don't know how he's going to do in Boston. Not this guy's not a bust. Sam Decker, I think, could be very good. Uh, you're very high on him. I love Sam Decker. I mean, this again, this is turning to a shooter's league. He fits this category. He could be a serviceable guy, like a Chandler Parsons, and shoot three ball. That was a great ball. comparison, yeah. Chandler Parsons. I like Chandler Parsons too. That was a great pick at 38 back. What, what was it two, three years ago? Something like that. But yeah, I think the biggest. My pick for biggest bust is between Trey Lyles and Miles Turner. Those are awful picks. I'm sorry to say, but they're horrible picks. Those guys just didn't cut it in college. Like I don't. I mean, they have upside. Don't get me wrong. They just don't seem to have it. Did you hear about uh, the rumors between Carl and their owner? Uh, sorry if I mispronounce it. Vivek Renadive, uh, a Russian, a Russian owner from the Kings, said there was there was dispute on DeMarcus Cousins, where Carl wanted to trade Cousins, but uh, Vivek didn't. He wanted to keep him. And hours before the draft, there was tension was obviously getting very high. Emotions were getting high, and there was rumors that Carl could have been fired <laughs> before like the draft just so they could keep Cousins. I did hear that there was a lot going on between those two. I heard that they had their differences on what to do with DeMarcus. It's differences yeah my question is why hire a guy that you know doesn't get along with your star player like the, it's not like it was a secret like the, they knew this going in that they did not get along and also carl is the guy where he's going to voice his opinion and if he wants a player out or if he wants a certain player he's going to say hey he's say, we I, need to do this this and that to, to fit my coaching style right which isn't necessarily wrong because no. I mean, what if you, you have a style and then it works for you then get those it, players then get those players at the same time, why are the Kings hiring a guy that they know doesn't like their superstar and doesn't want to coach him? 
and thinks he's uncoachable. And the last time this guy coached a full season, he was the NBA coach of the year. I know. It's too bad. What, did he get cancer, right? That's no, he, no, he got fired. Oh, did he really? Yeah, because the Nuggets didn't make it past the second round or the first round. He also got cancer at some point, too. He did. He did have cancer. I think that was part of the reason that he was away from basketball for so long, too. Okay. Well, I mean, it, it is. The, the you're right. No, he was coach of the year. You're right. That is, I don't know. I don't know. Kings are just dysfunctional, man. They I really mean, are. They they have good players, and they just can't. Shaq's half is half their owner. I, yeah, it's actually pretty <laughs> funny. That's actually pretty funny. But they have good players, and they just can't win games. If you look at the roster, the roster it's not like the roster is terrible. It's really not. I mean, Rudy Gay, Cousins. They had uh, Isaiah Thomas. They had Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, I mean, Marcus Thornton was a solid role player there. Seriously, they they have some good players. They have good young talent. Like Bibby. Wasn't P.J. Stoyakovich back in the day? Yeah, that was way back back when they were actually good. <laughs> but, I mean, he, didn't they have, like, Derek Williams, too, at one point? He was a bust. I knew he was going to be a bust. I wouldn't say he's a, he's a role player. He's not. He's never going to turn to that star. Him and Thomas Robinson, they're, they're both busts. Thank God Derek Williams was in foul trouble against UConn the Elite Eight. <laughs> they had no chance if he <laughs> wasn't. When he dunked over Chuck, it's like, oh, God, they're, they're done. Yep. <laughs> they're done. All right, well, now we're going to head over to the NBA free agents. Mike, you have the list in front of you as well. We have 23 uh, free agents, of course. It's not all of them, but it's most of the big ones. Um, we won't necessarily talk about all 23, but uh, we mentioned, uh, let's see who we mentioned, Greg Monroe, and it seemed he opted out of Detroit, which you're not surprised with. You're kind of rolling no. your eyes. No, I'm, uh, I'm kind of happy. Yeah? Kind, yeah? kind of a pain? It's kind of a pain, yeah. I mean, he wanted to play. And he wanted to be the guy, but you're not going to be the guy when Andre Drummond's there. And it looks like Monroe's going to go either to the Celtics or the Knicks. Good to, riddance. To <laughs> Good riddance. Go, go, uh, go waste your career over there. DeAndre Jordan, he's going to meet with four teams and four teams only. The Clippers, the Lakers, the Mavericks, and the Milwaukee Bucks. The How do the Bucks fit in that? I don't, to be honest, I don't know. I just, I hope... I hope he goes to the Lakers. I would laugh so hard if he left the Clippers for the Lakers. Just I like the Clippers switch, too. Switch lockers. I want to see the. I want to see Kobe win another title. <laughs> That's all I want to see. Goran Dragic, the Heat offered him a five-year, eighty-plus million-dollar deal. Yeah, that would be good. Al Jefferson, he picked up his option with the Hornets. Dwayne Wade, we mentioned this on an earlier podcast. Won't get too much into it. I mean, it's the same thing, same deal. The Heat are interested. The Lakers and the Cavs. Uh, let's see. Brooke Lopez, he opted out of his deal. LaMarcus Aldridge, everyone pretty much knows he opted out. Uh, Rockets, Mavericks, hear, Spurs. Go Did ahead. you hear the reason LaMarcus opted out? I may have. Go ahead. It's because he's oh, upset he wants with others. management that they're not going to go out and get him another star player. Yeah, Like, yeah. you have Damian Lillard. You have Lillard. Like, uh, like, what's the issue? You have Lillard. Like, I get he's not great defensively, but he is. if he's not a star, then I don't know what is. Like he's not just an above average player. The, he is Port, a, Portland's a good team. I mean, they had Batum last year who got shipped off to the Hornets, but now they have Joe Henderson. We talked about this. I think they're pretty much similar players. They need to, if they, they need to bring Wes Matthews back, I don't know if they will Wesley, do that either. Yeah, I mean Wesley Matthews is a solid they had player. They a good team. Brooke, uh, Robin Lopez, Thomas Robinson was a decent backup yeah. for both Lamar, Lamarcus and Robin. I mean, it's not like they were a bad team, but they're they're going to fall apart next year once he leaves. Jimmy Butler, he wants a short-term deal, just pretty much one year, because next year the cap goes up and he wants that max contract for 2016. Do you blame him? No, I don't blame him at all. Absolutely either. not. Especially Actually, he may not even he may not even sign with the Bulls. Who knows? Especially, there's especially, there's rumors he like, he wants to go to Lakers. 
Imagine that. Imagine that. Everyone wants to play for the Lakers again, right? Or is it just people saying that? No, no, I think everyone's getting excited that Kobe's about to retire. (laughs) To be perfectly honest with you. Get there. Get your deal. Kobe's gone. And then you you already have a year to get, you know, the chemistry with your teammates. And then Kobe's gone and it's your show. Monte Ellis, he declined his option. He'll be a free agent, the guard from the Mavericks. Eric Gordon, he picked up his $15.5 million option. He will stay in uh, with the Pelicans. Paul Pierce, your favorite player in the NBA, Mike. I can't stand Paul Pierce. <laughs> He's interested, he opted out. He's still interested in Washington, the Clippers, where you can reunite with Doc Rivers, or the Celtics. I've heard even rumors if they can get a, a solid big man. You know, for Paul Pierce getting old, and averaging, what did he average here, like 10 points a game? You know, up in the fourth quarter, that's all yeah, you need. Yeah, I know. The truth. The, the truth. Paul, <laughs> God. <laughs> Paul Pierce is a great player. He's oh, He's been great through the Celtics' bad years, through the Celtics' good years. He's just been great. He was. He's a great player for the Wizards, like for what they needed. He was great. He fit that role perfectly. He was that leader. He was he was the heart. He would hit big shots when it counted. I mean, he was—he was what exactly what they needed. The only thing that that stops Paul Pierce in the playoffs was the clock in Game Six when yep. he was, yeah, what point two, yeah, off, yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's a great player, and you know, for as much as I can't stand him because he just looks like he's the slowest player on the court, but he still somehow blows by guys and makes ridiculous jumpers. Good for him, and I hope he. I, I really hope he does return to the Celtics. I think he needs that, that homecoming. Would be cool. that would I really be cool. think he needs that homecoming. Last two guys we'll talk about. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, well, I should say the Paul – or not Paul Pierce. Tim Duncan, Mount Ginobili, they're going to both take pay cuts so they can get more money to Kawhi Leonard. Of course they are. Even though <laughs> even though Duncan just lost $25 million from like his lawyer or something like that in some paper exchange. Whatever that was. Uh, let's Who needs money when you're the greatest power forward of all time? Seriously. And then lastly, Rajon Rondo. I don't want him. <laughs> I don't want that what guy team, anywhere near my team. What? I don't. Think I don't it, want him playing in the town over from my team. I don't want him. I don't even want to see him. Go play in China. Get out of here. Go. Go be the man over there. I, he doesn't even deserve to be in the NBA right now. He doesn't want to play for any team. He really doesn't. Like he, he's like, I don't want to play for them. I don't want to play for them. I don't want to play for them. Who do you want to play with? No one wants to play with you now either. The good thing with the Lakers is when they picked Russell, that pretty much took Rondo out of the discussion for the Perfect. Lakers. But mentioning the Kings, uh, oh good, that that could get him two head cases there, <laughs> along with George Carl. Good, that's what they need. Okay, whatever. I'm sick. I'm, I'm gonna be. Honest. I'm sick of him. Like he's, he was great in Boston. He's worked his way out of his max contract, and now he's just turned into one of the most undesirable point guards in the NBA. The the reason he was so good in Boston, and you never heard about him being a jerk, was because KG probably put him in his place. Absolutely. He needs a guy like KG who will be a jerk right back and say, listen, no. <laughs> no, you don't get to say that. You're going to play basketball, you're going to play for your team, and you're going to play well for your teammates. It's not about you, it's about the team. Tell me if I'm crazy, but could you almost compare in terms of uh, off the f- or antics on the court, off the court, uh, personalities, could you compare these two as like Lance Stevenson, Rondo and Stevenson? Because Stevenson, he's in, the Indi- in Indiana, right? He's surrounded by Paul George, Roy Hibbert, David West, veteran guys, kind of keeping in check. He goes to the Hornets, 
right? Three years, $27 million, relatively healthy deal. And he's turned out and he turns into one of the guys not on not only on the court but in the locker room. And it seems like he couldn't do either. Well, that was why he left Indiana. Yeah. The guys didn't want to play with him anymore. Like, he was fine at the beginning of his career. He was great. I've never, he played great for them. I've never, I never thought I could compare Rondo and Lance Stevenson. They're just undesirable players to play with. Their teammates don't want to play with them. Their coaches don't want to coach them. The owners and GMs don't want to deal with them. It's it's sad because they're very talented, and they really could contribute to a team that wants them. But no team wants them. Like they both need to go overseas and play somewhere else where a team will let them do that. Let them go be Stefan Marbury in China. <laughs> let them go be Ron Artest in Italy. Like let them do something because no one wants them here. You are listening to the Sports Brothers podcast with Brian Dossler and Mike Cosentini. He's our first studio guest of the show. Mike, how are you liking it so far? I'm enjoying it. It's been going for about 32 minutes or so. Already, really? Yeah, right. Wow. Just, just yeah, that, that really does fly by. All right, let's get to know our guest. Mike, your favorite sports teams. My favorite sports teams. Well, I'm a UConn basketball fan. I'm an Ohio State football fan. Yeah, Brian doesn't like that. Red Sox. New York Giants, Detroit Pistons. For any soccer fans out there, I'm an Inter fan. Let's see. I also like the Italian national team as well as, as the U.S. men's national team. Women's. Women's. I mean, would be U.S. Hockey. No. Can I get whale? Yeah. Or, uh, the Hartford Wolfpack. Yeah. No, I'm just not a hockey fan. I already told you the story, but at work yesterday, uh, there was a hockey player. Uh, the last name Wagner didn't even didn't even know the first name. I haven't even looked it up now. That I think about it, and I heard uh, one of the kid I was working with goes, "Yeah, apparently this Wagner dude from the Islanders is here," like, and he was like a bunch of bunch of others of his friends, and then I was going to people was like, "Yeah, I'm not I'm like, is that the NHL player? Like, I can't tell. Like, I'm not starstruck." <laughs> Brian told me that yesterday. He's like, apparently there was an NHL player at the country club yesterday. I looked at him was like, "Who cares?" <laughs> <laughs> like no uh, offense to hockey fans, I'm just hockey's not my thing. You know, Ray Allen was there this past week. Trey Wingo was there. I seen Jonathan Coachman there. You know, you get a little excited for them, but then it's like, wait, is that you or you? I went with the guy that with the beard, and that was pretty jacked. That's who I decided. Probably was he was he about six feet or a little bit bigger? Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, 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 yeah it's probably him. white. I mean, too. So yeah, yeah, it's it all fit the hockey. Uh, if if it's not PK Subban or like his cousin or whatever that plays for the Bruins. It's, it's going to be a white guy. Yeah. Uh, your favorite sports memory as a fan? As a fan? Step back. Walker. Right. Cardiac Kemba. I was with you. Does it again. I was with we you. Were. Shout out to Mr. Talata for yeah. uh, giving us updates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he ended early so we could watch the game. Yep. Ca- not even like video. The, yep. Game cast. All we saw was 74-72. Yeah. And we were like screaming. And then we go, we'd go home immediately and turn on the highlights. And it's. Walker step back. If only we could have watched that game, if man. Only. Stupid school. You ruin everything, school. Oh, God. Favorite sports memory as a player? As a player? Do you want my real one or my fake one? I didn't know. How could you have a real one and a fake one? I mean, I could give you a real one. Then give me a real one. But I want to give you a fake one, too. How I'll, tell you the fake. I'll tell you the fake one first. Okay. Freshman year. First varsity game. Scored my first two points. I hate you. Brian, running down court on a fast break. He's way ahead of me. 
I throw the ball away so Brian can't get his first two points. Best moment ever. That was, was awesome. terrible. It was awesome. That was terrible, right? Brian was like, are okay. you kidding me? All right, me? hold on. A lot of things had to happen. First of all, we had to be winning. <laughs> Plainville basketball had to be winning. Second second of all, we had to be winning by a lot to be, yep. to be in this game. Yep. So those two are rarities in itself. Thirdly, I break open. I'm like at half court. All you need to do is a simple lob pass, outlet pass, and you can't connect with me. I tried to lead you through a little too far. Looking back on it. The fact that me, Favreau, and Matt all scored in that game and you didn't was kind of funny. Three freshmen scored in that game. Brian was not one of them. It, I feel like a jerk, but I don't at the same time because it's kind of funny. You contradict yourself a lot. I know. Well, I don't. I also don't feel bad because you got to play senior year. Yeah, fair so enough. I'll take my first points and you can play yeah, all senior fair year. Enough. You know what I hey, mean? Hey, I, I, I suffered a turnover, another turnover for you for that. Yeah. No, darn. <laughs> I stepped out of bounds. Yeah, uh, darn. That was a cool moment, though. Yeah, it was. It was. Is that your favorite as a – Yeah, probably. Yeah? Yeah. You want to explain it more? Yeah, senior year, I played two full games and – And like, scored like 30 points in those two yeah, games. Yeah, I, 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 I scored a lot in those games, didn't I? I think you almost scored more than me. I think I was the, uh, the leading scorer on the team for those two games. Yeah, probably. And then the third game, about five minutes in, I have a history of concussions. I got a third one my third game of senior year. I was out the rest of the year. I still remember having to tell you guys that I couldn't play anymore. That really sucked. I've never cried in front of the team before. I cried in front of you guys. Coach West was crying. Mm-hmm. I, I felt it was that was a horrible feeling telling you guys that I couldn't play. Like, because that's when it really hits, like hit me that like you know this is it. Like, I'm done. Like, I can't do it anymore. Luckily enough, there were six seniors. I was one of them. And Tyler Favreau, one of our friends back in high school, he said he wanted to give up his starting spot on senior night for me. Let me score one more basket. So we had an agreement with the other team and their head coach, Platt. And basically what happens is they let us win the tip. They had me stand underneath the basket, score the first two points of the game. So then we let the other team inbound the ball. They go down, score their two points to, like, keep it at, like, a tie game. And then we would inbound the ball, and Brian had to dribble the ball out of bounds at half court, which is also kind of funny. I but did get the assist, though. So you did. My you assist did to turnover assist, rate was still was I was really – I'm not going to lie. As great of a moment as that was – I was real scared that I was going to miss that layup or you were going to throw the ball away. I was like, that would have been <laughs> the worst thing ever. Can you imagine if I air, ma- air mailed you? Imagine. Ha! Take that back from freshman year. <laughs> Just sail it. That would have been so I hit like the 1,000-point score yep. banner. I don't want to come close to you. Yeah, but that was probably – like I can't – I was crying coming off the court too. It was just – I felt so – I was so happy that I had that opportunity. Like I still thank Tyler to this day for that. Like at least I'll always have that memory, especially with him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was just like that one last moment. But then it was kind of like playing off of that. My last season, I played golf and I made all conference. So that was pretty cool too. Yeah. Like coming off a season where you couldn't play at all. And yeah, go. yeah. That was my only all conference ever in high school. So I'll take it. That was a chance. We had a, we had a chance to win that game because Platt was equally as bad as us. <laughs> There's not many teams that were equally as bad as us. But Platt was one of them. I mean, we still went 0-20. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> But that's not the point. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, 
another fake sports moment was when Brian's a little girl in Little League. I was the power hitter in the league. Eight career home runs. Eight career home runs in Little League. The two times I faced Brian, he plunks me both times because he was too scared (laughs) to pitch to me. The first one, <laughs> first one was a slider that hit like your foot. So yeah, that hit my had, knee. So is what it did. Okay, your knee. So that had a lot of break. And then the second one, I just nailed you right with a fastball yeah. in the back. Yeah. Hey, Such a jerk. But Matt hit a home run off you. He I didn't hit, hit one off me. So I I hit Matt hit a home run off me. You hit a home run. Oh, off I hit. Matt. Yeah, That's I hit why a, Matt. That's I was the only one ever to hit one off him. I think, wasn't I? Sounds Pretty about, sure. Sounds about right. Remember that one inning I pitched against you guys? 39 pitches in one inning. <laughs> one off from three days rest. <laughs> 40 was three days rest. I remember it was like one an, inning. you were facing me. It was like an 0-2 kind of like, oh, my God, I can't strike out. I can't strike out. And then you have like throwing like four. I walked him. Yeah, you like four <laughs> balls. They were like not even close. Yep, I walked him. I don't know why they wanted me to pitch so bad. I told them not to. That game was like 10, it was like 10-3. It was a blowout, though. Yeah, it was. It was like. Possession players pitching like major league, but yeah, it just didn't matter because we ended up winning the title that year anyway, so it's yeah, fine. Yeah. So. We took two out of three that week. Yeah, you did, but you still lost in the end. You know, s- get that homer off Steve Bowen. <sighs> Ball's still going. Yeah, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really think these people care about our little league experience. Probably not. All right, well, let's head over. Let's stick with the diamond, but let's go major league baseball. Mention at the top of the podcast, Mike John Carlos stand out four to six weeks with a broken wrist, and he swung the bat. That's how he broke it. He just swung, ball a ball never hit him. It's not like he went for a diving catch and he had awkward catch and he jammed his wrist against the grass. He just swung a bat, and he well, broke his wrist. I heard that it's the way he holds the bat. Apparently, the way he holds the bat is that his hand is on the knob of the bat. The bottom of his hand is on the knob of the bat. Okay. So, I'm guessing because this guy swings so so hard, he rolled his wrist. He he rolled his wrist, but probably because that knob hit. That bone in just the right spot, the hamate bone, which is, excuse me, one of the, I believe it's six bones that make up your wrist. Mm-hmm. And it actually has a, like a, a little hook on the end, so it probably hit that and fractured. It, your wrist is fragile in general, but it probably just hit it in the right spot because he's swinging so hard. And, you know, that that's that four to six weeks. Four to six weeks, and uh, the Marlins that keep losing, five-game losing streak. Stan leads the MLB with 27 home runs. It's not good for baseball, though. I mean, this is a guy that nightly you can turn on the TV or go on MLB.com, and he's hitting a 500-foot home run. Now we won't have that for until August. Sad part is this guy is still going to hit, like, 40 home runs. He could, yeah. I mean, if, if he comes back fully healthy. How many does he have right now? 27. <laughs> so 13 from 40. And and he he could have get gotten maybe in 60 home runs this year. Yeah, he really could have. I mean, he was – he was uh, on pace to get 58, which would tie Ryan Howard's from back in the in the uh, like 2008, yeah. something like that. Yep. But you know, it's, it's not good for baseball that he's out. No, it's not good. It, whenever one of your superstars in any sport is out of the game because of injury or off the field issues, it's it's never a good thing. Luckily, this one is an injury, so it's not like the guy has off field issues because he seems like he has a pretty good head on his shoulders. But it's just too bad. The Phillies manager, Ryan Sandberg, resigned from his position yesterday in an emotional press conference. He relieved himself of his duties. He went 119 and 59 parts of three seasons. And Mike Sandberg in his press conference basically just said, I'm an old school guy, and when a team loses, I feel like it's all the burden is all on me as a manager. I'm held responsible for all those losses. 
Well, that's fair or not, because that's, that's how it goes in sports. It's how it goes. Yeah, it's how it goes in sports. I mean, you have to imagine that Sandberg may have gotten canned after the season, anyways. I mean, he was probably coming, right? Yeah, could probably maybe one more year. But I mean, everyone knew the Phillies weren't going to contend. No, right. no one. I mean, I, right now they're, but they're he's, but twenty-six and forty-nine. He's also right that like it does fall on the manager. And the only reason it falls on the manager is because it's way easier to get rid of one guy than it is to get rid of 25 players. That's the Boston Red Sox right now. Seriously, though. But I mean, at the same time, the Red Sox did that in 2011. <laughs> they got rid of how much money? True. Yeah. They they literally cleaned house. World Series two years later. It's true. If you think about it, that was 2011, right? 2012. Was that when they cleaned house or was it the year before? I thought it was 11. 2012. 20, oh, so it was. So it 2012 was, was Bobby Vizier. Is that when they cleaned and house? Gonzalez no, because it was 2011 because that's when no, Francona was, was there. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Beer and well, all that. Yeah, that was 2011, but they could have made the playoffs that year. But they clean, actually cleaned house in 2012. Okay. Remember where I was when Gonzalez got traded and Beckett? I'm pretty sure Brian was upset about that. I was in uh, Wyoming. Where are you? Yeah, I was on family vacation in Yellowstone. I think you called me. Probably. <laughs> I think you actually called me. You were like, I said, Mike, why did they trade Nick Punto? He was a good player, a good role player. <laughs> Nick Punto. <laughs> I remember that, too, when they traded all those guys. Hey, it worked out. It did? Good for them. But now they got to do it again. <laughs> now they do have to do it again. they got to get rid of Sandoval. Speaking of the Red Sox, Mike, you know their farm system well, so name some players that we should be excited for as Red Sox fans. Well, listen, there's two guys that are going to be in the Futures game, all right? They're 20 and 19, I believe. Manuel Margot, center fielder. They're both international prospects that were signed by the Red Sox. This guy last year hit over th- in single A, hit over 300, had 12 home runs, and stole 40 bases. Okay? That's in single A. Okay? Like, the number's going to go down as you go up. At the same time, this guy's showing real good potential. At I guess he's age. very good defensively. At a young age. He's, he's only 20. Yeah. The Red Sox should be excited. Hey, we're I mean, 20. Great. If we are 20, we're talking we, about him. What are we doing with our lives? <laughs> but they should be excited about him, and they also should be excited about third baseman Rafael Devers, or Devers, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, one or the other. He is showing apparently a lot of potential, is playing really well. I think he is with their single A team right now. Margot is now with the Sea Dogs, but they're both exciting prospects. Devers is only 19. They have a lot of upside. I mean, and right now in AAA, you got Henry Owens, who should be coming up eventually, whether it's this year, probably later on this year or next year. Brian Johnson's throwing about six innings of perfect baseball in like his Every, last yeah. however many starts. He's due to come up too. I mean, he's already in the majors, but Eduardo Rodriguez is playing really well. Swihart, unfortunately, already has to be in the majors. He's playing pretty well for not having any experience. They have a lot of they have a lot to look forward to. I mean, don't expect those players to stick around because they're gonna have to make trades or something in the off season if they're not gonna do it at the deadline if they're not gonna be buyers. Should the Red Sox hold on to Clay Buckholtz? Should they? Because there's trade speculation they can be moved. He's pitching well recently. Of course, the Red Sox. I mean, they're only seven games out of the wild card. I still have hope. I do too. Eight games out of the least. I mean, they've fo- won six out of the last ten. Yeah, six out of ten. Maybe they can. Get, I mean, they're playing against the Rays. They got the Blue Jays next. They're starting to play divisional foes. The, the Yankees is, is uh, closer down the road as well. So they still have ch- a chance. They they do. As bad as they've been playing, they still have that chance. If they get rid of Buckles, they better be getting some in return. Like they better not just be getting rid of them just to get rid of them. 
They need to get something out of it. Like, if you're going to give up the guy who's pitching the best for you right now, because he's, he's the most consistent starter right now, as sad as that is. Yeah. He really is the most consistent starter, other than Rodriguez, of course. Well, he's not even that consistent right now. Yeah. But it, they better get something out of it. I don't know if it's going to be position I think they player. Have to, I think they have to be wowed by the by the trade. They can't be – this is where they, I think they can get greedy because he still is under contract next year. Right. Where, and, you know, it, they can get – I mean, he does have he does have ace potential. He does. I, I think – but I think, we I, think get, I think we should get past that. I think he's a good 2-3. I think so, too. I think he could definitely help a rotation that needs another two or three. If he can be he could he could go to some place like the Nationals and be a great five. Oh well they already have five guys. No, I'm, you get what yeah, I'm saying yeah, yeah. though. Like he could go to a roster like that and be great. Like if he goes to the Giants, perfect. It, perfect. He would fit in perfectly there. They have a good rotation, young guys over there. He could be a great three or four. He's an ugly dude. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> so ugly. <laughs> okay, that was really random. All right, well, now it's time for the moment that Mike has been waiting for as it is time for Stump the Bro. Friend edition of Stump the Bro. Friend edition of Stump the Bro. It's time to Stump the Bro. All right, Mike. Who do you want to go first, or do you want you already have a smile on your face? You can't wait. You want me to get this question? You want me to answer this question wrong so bad? I do. I really want you to. All right, go ahead. Okay. So my question for you, Brock: Who won the 1999 speaking of the Futures All Star Game, the Futures All Star Game MVP 1999? Okay. Okay. Your choices are AJ Burnett, Rafael Furcal, Vernon Wells. Or Alfonso Soriano? I'll take the pitcher out of it, which you said was... A.J. Burnett. A.J. Burnett. Take These are out. all very serviceable MLB yep. players. Yep. Um, a lot of big names played in that in that game. Let's see. You said Vernon Wells. You said Rafael Fercal. And Soriano. Soriano. Fercal, I think, has been... Remember, this is the Futures game. This is before they made it to the ma- major leagues. Yeah, I'm trying to think. When they were top Fercal. prospects. I'm going to go Rafael for a call. No. Is it Soriano? It is Soriano. Dang it! It is Soriano. Dang it! That was my second choice. It is Soriano. There were a lot of very good names in that Futures All-Star game, Bri. There were a lot. I bet that's that's the cool thing. If you go look at those games, I mean, just recently Mike Trout's played in, in those games. Uh, I think Jose Iglesias was on the, the Worlds team. There were a lot of players that were very good like later on in their career that played there, like Rick Ankeel. I mean, not like he was great, but Rick Ankeel. Let's see if I can find any other names. Lance Berkman. I didn't even see his name. Wow. I should have put him on that list. I would have fooled you. I probably would have gone Lance Berkman. Not gonna lie. I know you would have. A.J. Burnett. B.J. Ryan was in that. B.J. Ryan. Yeah. The lefty. There were there were some pretty good players in there. It's, I'll, I'll read you the list after. Michael Kadire was there. Not like he's old or anything. Do you see his gray hair? He actually like does he actually? Yeah, because he's on the Mets. Obviously, that's pretty funny. Uh, it's it's like legit gray. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. He's literally like an old lie. man. All right, now it's my turn. What team originally drafted Vince Carter in the 1998 draft? Your choices are the Toronto Raptors, 
the Golden State Warriors, the Miami Heat, or the Houston Rockets? I don't think it was the Raptors. This is just a trick question. Huh. Raptors, Warriors, Heat, Rockets. Raptors, Warriors, Heat, Rockets. I'm going to go Warriors. That is correct. Ha! The, uh, let's see. The Warriors, they, they selected Carter fifth overall, but the pick before that was the Raptors, and they picked Antoine Jamison. They just switched. I wonder who the better pick was. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> One's still playing. Yep. Jamin's actually, no, he did retire. He actually just retired like last year, I think. Yeah, he was okay. He wasn't great. He had a couple of good years with Cleveland. Not even. He was not, not good yeah. that year. With Washington, he was like his best. He, he ended with the Lakers. and yeah. He's. I think he was always – Jamin's is one of those like big names, yep. but was just kind of like – Okay, like you're supposed to be better than you actually yeah, are. Yep. Kind of, like you expected more. Yep. Well, good for you. Well, I'm that sorry that I had to beat you today, Brian. That's okay. I was very excited for my question. I know. But that was a good question. I, I was proud of that. Like when I saw the list of players, I got really, really excited because I was like, there's some good names in here that I could trick you. Jason Grilly was part of that Futures All-Star game. In 99? 99. Swear. There's a lot of players. Hold on. I got one more for you. There was one other big name. Uh, where is it? I love looking at the names of the f future All-Star game because it's like these are going to be the guys that we're going to be watching in a few years. Yep. They're going to be stars. Yep. It don't really shows great potential. Don't forget the Midsummer Classic, the All-Star game, July 14th, and then the future games, Futures game will be a couple days before that in Cincinnati this year. I'm really excited. I, you know, I actually think I might watch – this year, just to see who were the guys Margot the and Devers and those. Two. I saw uh, Margot play for in Double A. Did you? Yeah. Aramis Ramirez was on that team too, Brad. That was a pretty good team, huh? Not too bad. Pretty good. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for today's podcast, Mike. How'd you like it? Or did I you enjoyed hate it? it? I did enjoy it. That's good. I'm glad you had me on. Took some convincing. Didn't. I know it didn't. <laughs> I, t I called Bri. I said, Bri, I want to be on the Sports Brothers. She said, okay. <laughs> I guess I was convincing right off the bat. Yeah, that, you sold it well. He loves my insight. That's that's what that's it is. It. Thank you for listening to today's Sports Brothers podcast. You can listen to all of our uh, podcasts off the Nico Empire. Check out Nico's latest podcast as well as he had a Kill Me a Thon thing the other day. Yeah, he, he watched the. Uh, Five like worst movies. Five some very disturbing movies, like most disturbing movies of all time. Apparently, they dealt with some very disturb. Like when I say disturbing, I mean we're talking things you would don't want to see that will mess you up. So he watched five of them. Good, good he for did. him. Good for his health. By the way, I'm get, I'm gonna leak something. Pay attention to the Nico Empire new podcast coming out, possibly July first. Possibly called the Think Tank, starring. Myself, Nico, and Alex. You're plugging your own thing. Just let it. Just keep it. Just keep an eye. I out. wasn't invited on this podcast. No, because we need people who can think. I can think. <laughs> it was actually Alex's idea. Me and Nico and Alex were hanging out, and we're like, "Wow, we should have a podcast of us debating stuff. What should we call it?" We were just think. We were just amusing the idea, and then you know, 
Make a podcast, we came, right? We came up with the think tank. And because what happens is Alex says something, and I disagree because I have morals. And then <laughs> Nico's, like, in between trying to pick sides. So it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So really it's just you versus it's, Alex it's in debate? And sort of. But it's almost like we got the idea from – I'm not a huge Seinfeld fan, but the Jerry and George stuff in the diner where they come up with rules yep. for things. Yep. It's kind of like that. Okay. It's kinda, We're hoping it's going to turn out sort of like that. Where it's a debate come up with rules for a scenario or a situation we talk about our views on things just so we can hear our own voices let's be real pretty much but i mean (laughs) all right and one last thing make sure uh hopefully it's this week where nate brown gets an article out on the sports brothers podcast uh in the plainville citizen so make sure you read that if, if you're out of town Look online. It should be there, too. Yeah, it'll be, it will be there, too, on the theplainwillcitizen.com. <laughs> I, I, I believe that's the URL. Not entirely sure. But Unfortunately, they won't mention my name, but still read it anyways. Yes, you're in the PHS sports. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks for coming on the show, Mike. Have Thank a great weekend, everybody.